Yo, what's going on? And welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I'm him, Murphy Wells. Uh, it is August 1st, 2022. And guys, I just want to say, number one, um, thank you to everybody who actually tuned into the first episode of Can We Talk About This? It, you know, I, I got a lot of really great feedback on that, both things that people liked about it and some really good points that people uh, pointed out to me that I was like, okay, cool. No, that's really great feedback. And I just want to say like, guys, I, I really appreciate feedback of all different kinds. Um, it, it's about being open to discussion and what you guys think of this show is going to continue to get better. Um, Cause if I just made it for just me, um, that would be pretty stupid. So I make it for you guys. So, you know, more than anything else, when I think about like where I wanted to go from that first episode, I thought that, you know, telling the story and kind of just being honest about what I've been through and pretty much the situations I've caused myself and how I got out of them, um, I, I thought I would highlight a very, very special part of my story. And that was the night that essentially I got in trouble for the last time and kind of the trajectory my life took from that point. So with that being said, I was just wondering, like, can we talk about the last time that I got arrested, which was Black Friday of 2016? Actually, if I'm being very literal, it was early Saturday morning right after Black Friday of 2016. This was a really interesting time for me because right before this period was when I was pretty much at my worst. Um, I was partying the hardest. I was really shirking responsibilities as much as possible in this era, uh, basically of like 2015 to 2016. I was the heaviest I had ever been, the most unhealthiest I'd ever been, um, the most depressed I'd ever been up until this point, which, geez, was I in for an awakening. But, you know, this was a time that was very volatile for me because I started to realize just how real the consequences of my actions were because um, I was already getting in trouble for a few years before this but not quite to the effect of what was about to happen, which, you know, when I was in St. Louis, it was half to see family and it was half to, you know, try to make a move, try to advance a little bit as far as earning. And with, with me, I, I was always a little bit more cautious. Like I was a dude who didn't like to be loud and extravagant and, you know, draw a lot of attention to himself. You know, it, it was one of those things where, I, I really knew how to control like need versus want. And then there's always that one time where you think like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily need to make this move, but it'd be nice if I did. And with the move I made, I had been spending a lot of time with a friend and the, the roads that we went down from what I understand are just totally different. Um, and I really do hope he's doing well and I hope he's taking care of himself. But this friend and I had been through everything together. And from the time that we were high school kids to the time that we really started to grow up and figure out what we were into as young adults and really starting to take those first steps into figuring out what was possible for us, you know, we just kind of took it in different directions. And that's about the breadth of what I'm going to say about it. But sometimes, you know, you, you just kind of see what your friend is, you know, dabbling in. You kind of want to see what it's like. And as usual, it, it involves a little bit more risk. And that risk is what carries the potential to take something from it, to make a withdrawal. 
but with every risk you take guys you got to realize like not every risk is worth taking and i thought this was one that was it was an investment and looking back like i have to really acknowledge this moment because it's when my life changed for the better like it, it was the biggest wake-up call i could ever have um i'd been spending all day with my friend and i decided that night i was going to go home and i was going to go home with something in my car now the thing was like guys <laughs> i was really stupid like when i said i was doing something audacious i was driving around with my uh my registration expired and so i thought okay well you know it's like three in the morning it's the middle of november it's cold as fuck who's gonna pull me over for that well there was one guy <laughs> and, and the, the sad part about it was is that like i was five minutes from getting back uh to my parents house where i had been staying for thanksgiving break and i shit you not i drove into white castle at three in the morning i was going home with my burgers and i got pulled over and I would love to tell you some kind of joke about how I like soiled myself or, you know, <laughs> but for the life of me, I was just scared to death and I kept my composure pretty well. At least I think so. Um, but because he had seen that I had been in trouble on my record, he had reasonable suspicion and basically he found what I was, uh, what I was carrying. And he thought I just, you know, he thought I was just some young stoner kid. But at this point, guys, like this was how I made my living. And I'm not going to break down specific anything about it. But more importantly than that, this was a big moment for me because this is a moment I never thought as a kid that I would see myself in. And this moment, this situation where I found myself was that I was being arrested for possession, like big boy possession. And I don't and I don't mean like big boy possession as in like, you know, friggin Pablo Escobar. What I mean is. This was me essentially risking a lot of my freedom and my mobility and my my future just because I had already been getting touched on this stuff before. So essentially after he finds it, they hold you for a little while. They essentially let you know, hey, um, you're going to receive something in the mail, um, essentially a court date. Don't miss that court date. That's not good. And before they essentially put you in a holding cell to, you know, think about what you've done, uh, in this particular circumstance, they took my shoelaces. And I was like, dude, they know I'm thinking about killing myself. <laughs> Which was like the most ate up thing. But to be honest, guys, it's kind of true. Because in these moments when you've never really been in trouble, you start thinking about like, dude, my life is fucking over. I might as well just end it here. And they're aware of that too. And maybe they're not, maybe they're playing a trick on me, but them taking my shoelaces was one of the most wake up moments ever really just smacked me. I was like, man, now, of course he was being a dick. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest. Like the, the cop that arrested me was actually a really friendly dude. Um, he was just doing his job and I can't hate him for that because I was the one in the wrong. And so I'm not going to say it was this moment. Because it wasn't this moment. I started thinking in my head, like right here and now, like as I caught myself in this jail cell and just thinking about, I'm going to have to call my parents. I'm going to have to be here for however long it takes. <sighs> this is not good. And I had just really started thinking about how my life was about to take a turn. I was like, and I was like depressed to be thinking these things. I'm like, yo, 
I'm about to have to give up all the partying. I'm about to have to give up all the mobility. I'm going to have to give up all the, the luxury shit that college, college kids aren't supposed to have. I'm going to have to sacrifice so much right now. And I'm about to get in so much fucking trouble. And this blows. And then I had another thought. Someday this is going to make a fucking awesome story. Someday this is going to make a fucking awesome story. And it's an awesome story, not because it's cool to get in trouble. But the moment you're self-aware that, like, this isn't really the end for you, even though you take your shoelaces, so they allude that maybe some people treat it like the end. Legitimately, I was like this. It was like a 99 to one thing. 99% this sucks. I hate this. Get me the fuck out of here. 1% like, yeah, but like, dude, this is going to be a killer story someday. <laughs> I shit you not. And so uh, my morale was definitely not high from there. Uh, they transferred me from a small holding uh, to county. County is awful. Um I actually remember everything that I was wearing that night. I was wearing an OKC Thunder hat. I was wearing, and it was a blue flat bill. I was wearing my Russell Westbrook orange t-shirt because I was a huge Russell Westbrook dude. And I, I still love Russell Westbrook for what it's worth, but like this was 2017, but mad respect to Brody, mad respect to Brody. Um, I was wearing Adidas shorts, white Adidas shorts, uh, some low top freaking Adidas's. Um, now the fucked up part was I was wearing shorts in the middle of winter. So like when this dude arrested me, it was cold as shit inside of jail. It was cold as shit. So like I slept in jail. I, I called my homie. I was like, Hey dude, like, um, I'm gonna need some help. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, no fucking way. And so I called my parents the next morning and my mom was immediately like, are you in jail? I'm like, yep. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, um, sort of. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? I'm like, I will tell you later. And so I ended up getting released cold as fuck Saturday morning. Um, and I took the most miserable, shameful cab ride back to my parents' house. Uh, my car got impounded. So my dad had to drive me up to go get it. And it was literally the lowest of the low points I have ever felt in my life. And to be completely honest, for like the next three days, I was slumped in the hardest depression I have ever been in. I had to tell one of my professors I didn't turn in a paper on time because I got arrested, which is the most bullshit I could ever feed anybody. But again, I was going to school and I hated school. So I actually hated everything at this point, but most of all, I, I hated myself. And really, like, once the depression started to subside, I was like, this, this is not going to be where my life ends. I'm not going to be this dude who has absolutely nothing going for him. I'm not going to be this professional loser who just gets caught up all the time looking like he's doing something. But inside, like, I hate what I'm doing in school. I hate the fact that I've been partying this hard. I hate the fact that like I let child me down so hard. I I hated the fact that I didn't have any any outlook for what I wanted to do. Like this was the most self-deprecating I've ever been. <laughs> the and the amount of dishonesty and the amount of the amount of self self-delusion I put myself through it was horrible. 
when I when I spoke last time about a lot of people who step into that kind of lifestyle, when they step into an illegitimate lifestyle for any given reason, it can be illegitimate for any reason. It's just those things that people often quantify with, I would never do that. That's what I really mean by that sentence and by that phrase is that a lot of people jump into that because they're insecure. I was one of the most insecure guys you could have ever met at this point. And, and it's, it's so weird because like me now relates so much harder with like me in high school than I ever did me in college. And I was someone who never felt confident in himself growing up. I was confident in my ability to like, to like make people, you know, laugh and smile and perform and, you know, all that, all that shit that I did as a goofy kid. But like, as an adult up to this point, when I was in college, I'm like, what happened to me? Not that, not that I was like doing great before, but like, I at least recognized who I was. And I kind of started understanding that at this point in time, I had really been taken the easy way. Like I had been taking the easy way in school. I had been taking the easy way and holding down jobs. I had been taking the easy way in terms of how I was making a living. And don't get me wrong. Like, dude, there are guys who break their back for the game, but it was not going to be something that I was going to do past, you know, undergrad is what I wanted, but I had no plan. And so I thought long and hard about like these five things. I'm weird. I'm really weird. Like if if it's something significant and it's quantifiable, I like a one, a three, a five, or a 10. Any other number that's in there, I really try to like leave alone. Because to me, for some reason, those numbers are like significant. And for the five things, the five habits, the five biggest things I took away from hitting rock bottom and starting personal development, I wanted to share them with you guys today because I think they'll help you no matter where you are. But I think I'm really talking right now to someone who is at their lowest low. Like think hard about what your lowest low is before you cop to that. But more than anything else, I thought of these five things that really spoke to me about that point in, that point in time and kind of how it translates to where I am now. Because again, guys, I wouldn't be making this podcast if I didn't want to give you something I felt was honest and sincere and truly valuable. So um, yeah, on to the five things. And of these five things, guys, the first one is really a mindset. And that is, if I was going to gain any kind of leverage over my future that I had essentially been setting myself back in, not only in terms of decision-making, but really overall character building, skill development, uh, when you extrapolate it, the first thing I had to do was make it a necessity. Because if you look at the decisions I made between 18 to 23, those five years were all about convenience and leisure and all the, the, the stupid little things we do to earn the validation of others. And that was what I had done is I had catered my time to not getting better at anything. I got way better at like lying to myself and making excuses and coming up with situations that essentially I put myself into. But with making it a necessity, I, I had a very, very simple mindset with it, which was not something I came to immediately. But I said to myself, Murph, you have to treat this like a necessity, as in if you don't do it, you will die. If you fail at it, you will die because you're basically throwing the last of your life away and you don't want to do that. 
So if you make it a necessity, it's not an option. It's something you can't put off till later. If that is the way you think about those things, those things will get done. But you have to really weigh what it is you're tying that sentiment to. Because if it's not a worthwhile sentiment, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you're not going to keep to it. If you, if you just want something and you say, oh, because I just want something, that's not going to work. But if you think about something that you need to make happen, you can make that happen. And that was the first thing I had to understand was that if I don't get to have any leisure with this, if I don't get to take it easy, I'm, I'm going to be doing a whole lot of things different. But you know what? Right about now, different is way better. So the first thing is, y'all, is to make it a necessity, not a fucking option. So the second thing that I picked up around this time was essentially, if I was going to make it a necessity, what was I going to essentially necessitize with my time? What was I going to prioritize? What was I going to focus on? And the truth was, y'all, is that I'm about 5'8". I'm not the tallest dude around. Um, And because of all the excessive partying and drinking and drugs and debauchery and all that stuff, um, you know, I got to be about 225 pounds. And (laughs) I had a small idea of how to work out. But fuck, I was so lazy. And I just didn't want to. And because I thought, wow, I don't want to, there's probably a reason why I should go do it. And this is what I learned about doing hard things around this time was that since I had no character developed basically after graduating high school, I I had to make up for lost time. So I was going to have to do a whole lot of hard shit in not very much time, um, which meant going to probation. It meant going to recovery. It meant going to school. It meant holding down a job. It meant holding a connection with my parents back in St. Louis when I was in Springfield. It was it was trying to hold down a solid group of friends that I could spend time with that weren't on some devious shit. Because, I mean, a lot of the people who I had associated with, both between St. Louis and Springfield, that was all they cared about, which is fine. That's absolutely cool. Um, but it, it wasn't going to be what I cared about. So I had to get my ass in shape. Um and I'm not going to lie, guys, like I thought I was going to this. This is like what I thought of fitness and the gym back in 2016, 2017, before I found like YouTube fitness or supplement superstores was I thought I was going to get either laughed out of that place or escorted. I heard this once where someone said, I need to get in shape so I can go to the gym. And that was the exact mindset that I had because I was like, oh, dude, I don't belong here. Sketchy ass freaking dude like me freaking getting in trouble out of shape ass but like that that's not what matters the matters what matters was i was i was malleable and i was soft and i could like form myself into being something that wasn't quite so malleable and soft um (laughs) i had the opportunity to like toughen up and prove something to myself and to stick with something and guys like I didn't have very many resources. I had never ever played sports growing up as a kid. I never did strength and conditioning. I I only thought about like bodybuilding back in the day as like what all fitness equated to. And now, you know, five, six years later, uh, I was wrong. But um, that's what I started doing. I started bro lifting and I actually started like watching what I was eating. I had no idea like quantities or how to track my food. Uh, or really what I was doing, but I had this general idea of like what eating healthy was. And because most of the personalities on YouTube fitness and Instagram fitness at the time were a lot of chicken, rice and broccoli folk, 
um, I was I was shoveling down chicken, rice, broccoli, and russet potatoes. And shout out to russet potatoes. Y'all don't get enough love, but here you do. Um, <laughs> um, and so getting my ass into the gym and like facing a crowd that I had essentially given this power to that didn't exist, that they were all looking down on me and that that meant something even if they were, and none of them were. What I loved about going into the gym especially the thing that I learned about going into the gym is typically gyms are full of super friendly people. Gyms are full of people that want to see you succeed. They're happy to see you working out. They're happy to see you working on yourself. Hell, sometimes they'll ask you for help, but like, think about it guys. Like gyms are supposed to be places where we all get better and encourage each other. And I really did have that community, uh, not only at the Missouri state rec center, which is fire by the way. Um, but at a little spot called 10 fitness and, you know, it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything fancy, but the cool thing was, is that it taught me about sticking with something and how that actually like translates into the results you'll see instead of just bouncing from thing to thing and never letting anything pan out. So, you know, first thing, make it a necessity. Second thing was fitness. Uh, third thing was honestly what I was feeding my brain, which should always be the first thing. But I've, I've said this sentence a billion times and I'll say it a billion and one times now. Um, I don't give a fuck about school. I'm going to say it again. I don't give a fuck about school, a billion and two. I give a fuck about education. I think that school is great for people who honestly either really like the educational system that, you know, school is. Or they they have goals or aspirations that are certainly linked to things that you have to go to school for. But I love education. But I absolutely love education. I just feel that education should be specified, specific. I think it should be one of those things where if it interests you and if you're passionate about it, that is what you should chase. I don't believe that going to school indefinitely always equals that same result. And no shade at anyone who likes to go to school, no shade at anyone who is in a program, no shade at all, like to each their own. I just always fucking hated school. Again, I was not a diligent student, but I was always curious in certain topics and one of the topics that I thought just, hey, this should be something I get into was honestly just how to make money. So the first couple personal development books that I read that like really stuck out to me, and this is about 2017, you know, I, I, I traded in all the bullshit for the new shit. And the new shit included reading things like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That was legitimately the first book I picked up after getting in trouble in 2016. Um, and I, I still like that book. I haven't read it in a long time, but I liked it. It was one of those things that made me think, okay, cool. So if I don't want to stick with school, I can still make money. Awesome. Um, the, I still think one of the best books I have ever read in my life is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Um, that, that book teaches you so much about what my story hopefully teaches you and some of the things that I, you know what, I need to sharpen today. I need to sharpen my saw. Uh, I need to reread it again. But in terms of top five books, that is absolutely up there. Uh, Think and Grow Rich was a big one because again, I was really struggling to, to actually like get my head out of that space. That book did a really, really good job of that. Um, of the last books that like really have meant something to me since those days, I've always held that my favorite book of all time is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. This this book is, it's, it's, it's dangerous in the wrong hands and I've, I've said that endless amounts of times. But I, I love everything about this book because he's written some of the most captivating literature, while albeit long winded and dry. But as far as education goes, you can learn so much about power and wealth and 
I can't even get into it about all the things I've learned from Robert Greene. So that was my biggest book from back then. But it wasn't just books, guys, but it was also like I was living on YouTube. Um, this was really a big time, like within the last four years, of the, four or five years to this point, a lot of people prioritize social media for most of the media that they consumed, whether it was political or entertainment or educational. And I mean, I was no different. So I really gravitated towards YouTube. I, I have been big into YouTube my whole life as an educational resource. Um, but really around this time I ramped it up and that was the thing that really got me invested into fitness and started helping me realize what I wanted to do with my life because I, I saw that there were dudes and just people and, you know, really, really inspiring folk and also just folk who were clearly business savvy that were using fitness as a vehicle to build brands and to, um, engage in commerce and to build fan bases. And I was just like, that is the coolest thing in some way, shape or form. I am going to do that. I don't know how, but I'm going to do that. Well, it's it's a big reminder that what you put in your head, what you program yourself with, as you shall go do. Um, so my, my, my life at this point was pretty much just like, wake up, go to the gym, go to work, go to school, sleep, YouTube, <laughs> more sleep. Like that, that was what life was for a little bit. And so what I would say the fourth aspect is after number one, make it a necessity to get into fitness, get into like physical health, three, fill your brain with quality materials is honestly uh, the fourth thing will be, I'd have to say that fourth thing is changing my crowds. You are the company you keep guys. What you have to understand is that even if you think you are smarter than your friends who are engaged in bad shit, even if you think you are more clever, even if you think that your friendship is somehow going to save them, the truth is, is that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. It's absolutely true. And in one way or the other, I had been keeping a whole lot of questionable friends over the years, you know. I hope all those people are still doing well because I don't wish malicious intent against pretty much anybody. But the fact of the matter was is that I realized that if I was going to do bigger things, I had to be associated with bigger ideas. And for the people who still try to party like six nights a week, the ride was really over at 23. I'll refer to that again from my first episode, but the ride for me was over at 23. Don't get me wrong. I was still living in a college town and I like to go have fun, but like I could afford both metaphorically and physically uh, and financially to only have fun maybe once a week. So I had to find a crowd of people that I could do that with. And so when I actually started holding down real jobs, those would be the friends that I would keep. Um, and holding down real jobs, you know, look, it was not glamorous working as a dishwasher, working as a line cook, working as anything that just didn't interest me still. It was just like with school. Now, the cool thing was though, is that with working, it was a social environment because like when you work in kitchens and restaurants, dude, some of the most cool hip ass people work in these places. Like you will make some awesome relationships in these places, provided you are working in like a, 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 a reasonable environment. Like, you know, that's not universal, no absolutes, no blanket statements. Like make, make sure that like you're in a place where people are, uh, you know, doing, do, got most of their shit together. That's all I'll say about that. But you know, the, the people that I was spending time with now, they were they were going to school. They, they didn't have to party five nights a week. They didn't typically have any kind of background with getting in trouble. 
And so with that, it, it really helped me adjust to like being a little bit more humble about just the experience of living. I didn't have to impress anybody. Like I, I had cool people around that while, hey, none of us are perfect. Like these were a huge step up, the friends that I was associating with now, um, as opposed to what I had been in around 2016. But the truth was, is that I realized that there was another level that I wanted to get to. And so remorsefully, I had to leave Springfield. And since this change, I'm, you know, I don't have that many relationships back in good old Springfield. There's some really great people back there. But as far as like adopting a new circle, you have to be operating around people who are in a position you want to be in. And so if I wanted to combine fitness and social media to some degree, I would have to go to a place where they specialized in that. Hence the conversation I had with Matt and the people that I've met at this point in life are awe inspiring. Not because of like, I drop a name and you know it, but because of what I know that they've done in their lives and what I've been privy to. And so that's that. That's that fourth thing, guys, is just quite honestly, start associating with people who are in a position that you want to be in. Start start associating with people who can make you better and that you can help make better. Because if I can reference something from Seven Habits, you've got to be thinking win-win. For a long time, I thought win-lose. The other person can lose. I don't fucking care. I'm going to win. And that's, that's toxic. That's the universe telling you, you fucking stupid. So last thing, guys. That fifth thing is I started keeping promises to myself. Now, when I talk about keeping promises to myself, what I really mean is I started seeing things through to the end at this point. I really started seeing most things through to the end. Now, there are some exceptions. I didn't see college through to the end. Still not sure if I ever will see my rant about hating school. Fucking hate school. Um, But... That said, I do only have three classes that I need to complete as of right now to get a degree. But all the other promises, I actually really started keeping myself accountable to. And when I think about what those were, it was reaching goal weight by a goal date. It was reading this book by this point in time. It was getting to bed a little earlier and waking up a little earlier. Nothing crazy. It was actually like keeping the commitment of doing the recovery programs, even though I fucking hated them, but they help a lot of people. It's just, you know, I I absolutely hated those. And I started keeping the promises of I'm not going to get in any more trouble. I started keeping the promise of I can do better and I will do better. I didn't come this far to come this far. And when I look back and the fact that I didn't end up going to prison, I didn't end up dead. I didn't end up as a big news headline somewhere. And I didn't end up settling for what my life was turning into. I really owe it to those five traits. And they're all significant from keeping it a priority to keeping yourself fit and healthy to filling your head with quality materials and to associate with the best people and to to keep promises to yourself, guys. Like those those five things have been super, super useful to me. And we're in 2022 right now. And I'm bringing you the second episode of my podcast, my show. 
you know, so I'm glad we got to talk about this tonight. I really am. So don't forget, like literally don't forget. It doesn't matter. It does not matter the shitty position you are in right now. Okay. I talked with my homie the other day. This is one of my best friends in the world. And for like the last 10 years, this dude has been a constant staple in my life. And he's doing a little bit of time right now. And I talked to him and he goes, yeah, dude, this has been fucking crazy. I can't wait to write a book. And so just hearing that, hearing that, hearing that I have a homie that is in prison right now and he's thinking about writing his book and he's become a preacher and he's going to get out and dedicate his life to religion full time. He's got a plan. He's made it a necessity. Like if he has no fucking excuses, why do you have fucking excuses? Before we sign off, guys, I'm going to circle back to the question I finished off last episode with is that oftentimes we have excuses because nothing, nothing excites us. Nothing fills us with passion. Nothing inspires us. We numb ourselves off to the world and we start to believe we are too good to have a good time. We are too good to do the right thing. And I hope if last episode didn't at least, at least allow me a little bit more of your ear, I hope this one will. Not because I think I'm the only person that can help you, but because I just genuinely want to help you. I want to help find what inspires you because doing this really inspires me. And if I'm inspiring me, oh shit, y'all are in trouble. (laughs) Well, that being the case, guys, I'm going to sign off. Thank you for tuning in to Can We Talk About This? You can always follow me on Instagram at the daily underscore Murph, and I will catch you on the next one.